this podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Modern Geek Podcast number 85, recorded September 16th, 2013. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. Welcome to Modern Geek. Yeah, we'd say welcome back, but it's it's been too long. (laughs) We do what we do. A couple of big things, though, right? We got to, obviously, we got to talk about the new, uh, the new iPhone, which... Which one? Well, here's the thing. The five same or the five cheap? You know, it's funny. I, I, I love hearing all this because uh, I have two thoughts, right? Uh, okay. The most reasonable uh, kind of outlook I've seen on this actually came from the wire cutter, or more, more, more realistically, from the people behind it, right? Uh, Brian Lamb, an ex, uh, an ex Gizmodo editor in chief, uh, who, who founded the wire cutter? Really cool site, by the way. The wire cutter. If you if you don't read it already, uh, it's probably the best tech review site out there because it doesn't give you like the short sweet review it gives you the long detail review with a very short this is the one we choose but with a whole lot of why and a whole lot of links where you can go look at everybody else's reviews that they looked at it's not the press kit site (laughs) exactly exactly yeah very much so very much so uh or even the way you know having done a lot of product reviews you 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 have to cut it down into this like very quick not super clear this is what's best you know and uh, they don't do that. They instead give you a whole lot of background information along with that kind of quick judgment. So I thought uh, through Twitter and a couple other outlets, uh, it, their comments were really awesome. And some of these are there, some of these are mine. But the bottom line here is that um, if you look at this and you're like, oh, my God, what's the next Jesus phone? You, you're screwed. OK, that's <laughs> that's not happening. Just just get over it. It's not happening. Okay. Yes. It has been iterative updates for a while. You are not going to get something. Yeah. My my attitude is very much the one that they took, which is that when you look at the 5S, the 5S is a nice step up from the 5. And essentially that means that if you have a 4 or a 4S, you should, and you're clear and you're going to buy another one, then that's probably your phone. Um, if you are a brand new person and you're looking to buy a phone, I don't know who who that is, but you know, you're looking to buy a phone right now, uh, and you have the option of going either way, really, uh, then without considering the other things that we're going to talk about in detail, I'm sure, which is the standard stuff you and I call out, like, what are your friends using? What kind of apps are you using? All these things that you need to pay attention to. If you don't really care about any of that, right? You're not currently using apps with other people or you don't pay attention to any of that then if you're a person that doesn't like to mess around with it that much and kind of just wants things to sort of work, then Apple's your course, you know, because they do. They're they're quite solid. Uh, the problems they have are nothing compared to the problems you have with others. Mm-hmm. And uh, not that any of those aren't overcome or aren't something you can overcome or deal with. Right. But it, it is a more simple kind of straightforward way of doing things. And it's going to be a little easier to learn quick. And uh, the the C is actually, if you think about it, other than the fact that it's plastic, ooh, it's not glass and aluminum. <gasps> oh. 3G and 3GS are plastic. Nobody seemed to mind then. No kidding. It's a, it's a, internally, it's a great phone. 
I mean, it's mm. it's it's the five than, with a slightly newer chip. It's better than my 4s, and I'm fine with it. my 4s is nice. I still like my 4s. Actually, right? the 5c really does look. I haven't felt one yet, but it does look like a very solid. Yeah. device yeah i strongly doubt it's going to be a chintzy feeling piece of crap they just don't oh, do no. that you know i mean remember the jobs is the guy that wanted to put a weight in the apple two, you know apple one or whatever it was in the first one because he, he felt like if it wasn't heavy people wouldn't think they're getting their money's worth it would be the two because the yeah the one never had a case oh right okay they, they just so sold the, the board bear and said Eh, I guess yeah, it's too, build it's it. too <laughs> light we need to put a weight in it you know put a lead weight in the back of it so people will think, i mean come on Seriously, it's going to be fine. You're going to put in a case anyway. You know, who, who yeah. gives a damn? You're going to drop it. How many people have broken their four, 4S or 5 because they dropped it? Mm. <clears throat> and the back of it broke. I'm just saying. How many people, right? So, yeah, those, I mean, I've, I've got, I haven't broken my 5 yet, yeah, but wait, you, every time I dropped the 4, it felt like, okay, I'm going to drop, I'm going to break the back glass. Yep. And then I, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I just, yes, the internet was chalk ass full the day after it came out of, uh, this is the cheap phone they should have given you. This is what we really wanted. And this is, come on. Well, I, I would say the one part of that that I was surprised about was that they're continuing to sell the iPhone 4S. And I thought what would have been a great plan was that the 5C would have filled the low-end slot so that they could finally uh, switch completely over to the lightning, lightning connector and, and phase out the 30-pin. I'm happy. Which would make a lot of business sense so that, you know, that way they wouldn't have to keep selling a lot of the legacy cables uh, and stuff. I'll, but, lay, I'll lay money. That's going to happen really quick. Yeah. I, I, I'm happy. I think the only I, reason I think they... The four, I think the 4S is probably there as the $0 option yes. for the Christmas season. I think the only reason they didn't do that is because uh, it's, they're going to provide, uh, they're gonna provide uh, iOS 7 for the 4S. They are, yeah. so it's still on the on the list, and I would say sometime in the next six months, it's not going to be on the list anymore. Which is great because I'm actually I have a 4s, and I'm actually due. So uh, right, well, yeah, 4s is a good way to yeah. You and a lot of people, you know, keep in mind too. The iPhone 5C is effectively a reskinned iPhone 5. That's why they're not having the 5 as the 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 cheap version because it's basically the same. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, if you have a 4S or a 4 and you're up, you know, 5S or yeah. 5C is the way to go. If you already have a 5, don't upgrade to a 5C because you're not going to see the difference. Well, and that's it. That's it. I mean, there's no reason to. I, I think um, realistically, I mean, walking through with the fingerprint sensor, who cares? I mean, I'm, I just don't care one way or the other. Um, as far as uh, I just, to me, it's not a critical feature. Uh, the camera is an improvement. Great. I mean, and you can go read. I don't need to go through all this with new you. Lens, new lens, new aperture. Derp, derp, derp. Hey, yeah. it's a big deal. I mean, uh, there have been a couple. Of, there are a couple of good pieces out there, and we should probably we should probably uh, as we relaunch the rest of GWC here in a, in in the next thirty forty days, we need to have uh, a way to show links with these, but. Uh, we should probably link some of these because there's some great articles on the camera and what it really means to you. And it's actually very well done. It's not as much the kind of thing that uh, the numbers don't. I love when when companies do this. Most of the time they push the spec, right? The spec right. is big and in reality it doesn't do dick for you, right? And in this case, it's the dead opposite. It's like it, the spec doesn't look that interesting. 
But uh, in terms of what you really do with it, which is the ultimate point and shoot, you're just going to stick it in the air and take pictures of crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does. It makes a big difference. You're way yeah, more likely point, to go to the, looking pictures. The, yeah. At that mm-hmm. point, the two tone flash is going to make more of a difference than how many megapixels you have. Well, and, and even more than that, the, uh, the, the sensor size relative to the same pixel, you know, mm. same number of pixels. The bottom line is, is that it's going to work a little better in low light and you got a better flash. Bottom, bottom line is people are going to get better pictures out of it. So, right. It, it, I mean, it, it's all just another iterative update. It's, yeah. Yeah. but it's in the right direction. And I, I kind of like the fact that they just keep refining these. I'm, I mean, I have a five right now, so I'm not even looking at either of these. So I'm going to be looking at whatever the six is or whatever down the line because I just got the five and I'm still happy with it. It's going to run iOS seven. Fine. I don't not going to have a problem here. I, I, on the other hand, just to put it in perspective, I have a 4S that I got on launch day. I, it wasn't because I just was dying to have it on launch day. It was is because, Siri getting all crotchety for you now? Actually, Siri's fine. <laughs> uh, just the thing, it, it's a little slower because the yeah. OS updates and the heavier use of, of, of the processor via various apps, you know, like anything, it slowed it down a bit. It's more than usable. Uh, I'm, I'm not like, oh, my God, I got to have a phone now. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, for, for me, that means that in all reality, sometime in the next, you know, four or six months, uh, I will probably update to something else and I will do the check again. But if I were doing it today, which I'm not, uh, but if I were doing it today, I would have to look and say that, uh, uh, looking at, at the apps that I use heavily, there are a couple of key apps that are not well developed in, in, uh, Android yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardware is not yet up to snuff in right. Android. Uh, it is getting closer, and I strongly, I strongly feel that with the next iteration of the Nexus Five, especially, uh, we're going to see some kind of interesting direction there. Uh, in two more years, another year and a half, this this is going to be a harder decision, and that's good. Yep. Uh, I hope it continues to get really hard. You know. <laughs> Uh, to where I just don't know what to buy. That would be awesome. But in the meantime, it's pretty clear. I mean, I, I have, uh, and this isn't about loving Apple or, or, or loving Android. This is about the fact that the apps I use are available here and not there yet, or they are available there actually, but the ones that are available there uh, are not as well-developed. Uh, I am still a heavy messages user, and until uh, See, a that, replacement that's the, comes That's through, one of the biggest hooks for me. Yeah. Is that everybody is on this and, yeah. you know, with the majority of the people I talk to yeah. in the States, yeah. you know, I don't want to be, what is it up to 45, 50 cents of um, text message at this point? I mean, I, it's weird that that's one of the big ones. The question I would have that seems to change uh, depending on what services are being used is what is your storage uses, usage look like on your current phone? Like, in, like you've got the 32 gig one, right? Yes. Yes, and I do. What? How, how much of that are you using? Not as much as I used to. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, before I had, and this is really weird. You're going to get a kick out of this. Strange confluence of events that changed my usage, right? Okay. So the main, let's face it. I mean, the main storage, uh, uh, you, the main kind of storage limit is, is less from apps and more from video. You can put a lot of audio on your phone if you care to, right? 
Yeah, I've got eight gigs. Exactly. That's a lot of audio. And, <laughs> That's a and, lot. That's more than I need on there. You know, a friend of mine pointed out a long time ago that, that once you get beyond a certain point, it's kind of hard to organize or decide what you want to play on a yeah, mobile I'm device. constantly going, next, don't want to listen to that. Next, yeah. don't want to listen to that. Next, don't want to listen to that. At home, you want to have the world. But but on your mobile device, I mean, let's face it, you can reload it every now and then, which is a good, it's kind of fun, actually. It's part of the, like, I listen to the stuff that's on there and then I get tired of reload it, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, video, however, is a trick. You go on a trip, you load video. That's where I used mine. Right. Like, I would I would put a whole ton of, like, Stargate on it or something. I watched Stargate sitting in the hotel, right? Right. I watched it on the treadmill. So, mm-hmm. two things have happened that have caused me to not give a damn how much storage my phone has within limit anymore. Should I guess <laughs> iPad mini? Yeah. One is the iPad mini, right? Exactly. <laughs> Which is the fact that the mini is now, uh, it goes in places that the full one didn't and yeah. it is better for sitting in the hotel. So I, I kind of, I actually have a 32 gig mini. I kind of wish I had a 64, uh, not enough to push it. I decided I didn't really care that much. Yep. Um, and, and it's okay. Uh, 32 is enough, right? I have a 32 gig phone and I'm not sure it's really that important. Um, I, I say that, uh, but I also have noticed apps are getting larger. So I yeah, might, like, I might get a 32 gig phone again. I think I would too right now. I'm looking at my current usage and I've got 15.4 gigs used with 12 available. Now eight of that, eight and a half of that is music, but then I've got like two and a half gigs of podcasts and one and a half gigs of the, in the photo roll and yeah. 300 megs in Chrome and another 200 megs in reader and another hundred megs in Facebook and another hundred megs in the Reddit alien blue app. It's yeah. like, it really does start to add up. Then again, there is that 64 gig option on the iPhone five S and I don't think I could justify no. getting that one. No, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, like one, one of my friends is really big, loves his 64-gig phone, and it's probably going to get right. another one, I would assume, okay. because uh, he travels a lot, and he watches a lot of video on his phone. So that's Bang. like his only device he yes. takes with him. Yes. You know, so right. in, in that case, it's like, uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I really cannot imagine uh, worrying, a, you know, do it. But for me personally... Uh, I, I think I might hedge and, and buy a 32 gig phone just even though the pricing is a little out of whack compared to the 16, you know, just because I, I might, I'd like to have the option of carrying a few more podcasts and, and maybe having a, a, you know, I tend to be an app sampler. Like I'll keep a bunch of apps on there at any given point, throwing them away after a while, checking them out. Right. Uh, Audra, for example, doesn't really do that. She's a 16 gig phone. She's fine with that. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think going forward, I would do the same thing. Uh, same with her. You know, she has a 32 gig iPad. I, I see no reason not to just load it up with video if you're going somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think the 64 gig option is for me. On the other hand, I'm glad it's there because I think there are people who are certainly going to use the hell out of that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, anyway, uh as you know, I, I flash back to like two years ago, uh, you know, three years ago, when you look at Android back then, it was a matter of, wow, it's really just, it was fuggly. It was, you oh, I, I remember our on. conversations yeah. of like, you know, how are we supposed to determine between 2.1, 2.2, yeah, 2.3 yeah, yeah. and 3.0, whatever was out there. And the market was just so let's produce the absolute cheapest devices we can and pepper <laughs> 
the customer with options. And now it seems like these these kind of well, you've got the Google brands pulling forward with the Nexus line. You've got Samsung with their own pulling ahead with you know the 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 Galaxy and the and the Note brands, which are just powerhouses. Yeah. And you've got Sony and HTC that are kind of filling some of the niche markets. We're actually starting to get some really good devices, and you know, on the on the other side of things, you've got Microsoft just buying Nokia flat out, or Nokia or whatever it is. So you got to <laughs> wonder what you got to wonder what's going to come out of there. I mean, obviously that means that basically no one else is going to develop Windows mobile phones because you know why compete with a first manufacturer? But you know, Microsoft trying to be Apple, maybe we'll get a couple interesting devices out of there. I think. You know, it's every time I look at this market when, you know, when looking for a new device or something, I, I never I never have a darker outlook on it than I did the, the time before. It's, it's always. Yeah. Wow. That's that's getting there. Yeah. Actually, Each time. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, if, if they had the key apps, it would be a lot harder decision. And then mm. uh, then it would just be down to messages and it would be kind of difficult because uh, I, I'm not as much worried about it breaks every now and then. I, I will admit, I, I have a number of friends that have Galaxies now, uh, really nice newer Galaxies, and they're really nice phones, but uh, I've noticed they have a lot of weirdo call issues. Um, yeah, well, a, a lot of the, uh, the higher-end Android ones, uh, if you're not in high-quality LTE areas, right, right. you're going to have it switching between LTE and 3G, and the problem with that is that LTE in search mode uh-huh. Is a huge hog uh, in terms of power and in terms of uh, 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 bandwidth fluctuations. Right. So that's what'll happen is if you're in fringe roaming on LTE and it's dumping down to 3G or God forbid GSM. Right. Um, you're going to start to get that kind of cutting in and out and oh data's not working. Hold on, let me turn it into airplane mode, turn it back, and it's fine. And I even notice that on the iPhone is that like I work, you know, I work for a telecom, whatever, and. We work in a building that's underneath the tower. Right. Which is actually the worst place to get service. Yeah, right. So I watch my phone. I have to have my phone plugged in at work because it keeps bumping between LTE and 3G, you know, one <laughs> and two bars on both services. Don't. It's like, this is actually pretty terrible. You know, you stand out on the street. Um, you walk You walk two yards out, you're yeah. fine. <laughs> I walk sorry, out meters, the meters. Door, fine. Yes, sorry. Yeah, a couple hundred meters. My bad. Good to go. But... Yeah, it's the, the, that's where a lot of these uh, next generation processors that are coming along and the, right. the, the uh, system on chips that are that have all the antennas built in the the new brands they're going to have it. all of these um, yeah the kind of low power LTE mode low power Bluetooth and that's going to really improve the market out there. I mean, and you know while we're talking about chips, the sixty four bit thing for the iPhone five S really doesn't make that much of a difference now. It's positioning for the next five to 10 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, give it time. I mean, it's, it's like everything. Give it time. It's I mean. the first iPhone that'll have a clock that works past 2038. Yeah. I'll jump right on that. I'm sure my iPhone will be working great in 2038. <laughs> <laughs> like hot tub time machine. Why can't I get a service here? But know. in the other direction, <laughs> actually, um, speaking of apps though, yeah, going yeah. back here, did you check out the new reader on the iPhone? No, is it is, the I, new version's out? It's a new download, which is oh, why you didn't see it. Okay, it's a new. It's another four ninety nine. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Um, it's it, clean. 
It's it's basically you know how reader. I've got both here. You know how reader was starting to feel like an iOS four yes, app, yes. Where it's like you know it functions well. It's got a lot of features to it, but it just feels a little old. Right. Reader fixes all of that. It is a cleaner, cleaner interface, quicker startup. Uh, all, all of the menus are now, now nice and smooth. Um, I'm kind of playing around with it right now. It's got all the different, uh, different sync services. Like, for example, I'm connecting it to our tiny, tiny RSS uh, Fever Ooh, API, nice. which is working good. Um, the, it has some extra options for sharing and for browsing. Like, for example... When I want to, when I come across an article that I want to open on a web browser, mm-hmm. it'll let me dump it straight to Chrome within the app. Nice. What I mean by that is it doesn't open Chrome. It loads Chrome within Reader. Nice. So nice. You, there's a back button up at the top left of Chrome that lets you just slide back into the menu. It's brilliant. I mean, you've got readability, you've got Instapaper, Pocket, Evernote, all that kind of stuff, Twitter, Facebook, email. And you can still open Safari if you want to, but I would say overall, it's a general cleanup. You know, a lot of the slide, you can slide to the right, slide to the left, do different things. Um, it seems to be a portrait-only app now. Right, right. Which That's I haven't fine. really come across any problems other than a couple of web comics. But then I just open it in the browser and it's whatever. Fine. Right, zoom in. Yeah. Um, I would say well worth the five bucks. Um, if not just to support this, like they're they're building some of the best apps on the platform, then you know it's 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 definitely worth your money. I just bought it. But, well, there you go. You'll <laughs> you'll be able to see for yourself very soon. I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen. I don't think they have the iPad one out yet. But I think this must be the it, iPad version that they've been touting, though. Well, didn't yeah? Didn't they say that you know they were working on updating the? They had basically done a complete rewrite of the iPhone code that would make it very easy to create the iPad app once they completed it. Yes, this is that code base. It must. So be, if yeah. it's not out now, it should be out soon. I'm just doing it. <clears throat> sorry. Doing a quick search on the uh, the App Store, but I don't get service apparently. I gotta admit, I, I again, I'm so happy with uh, Mr. Reader mm-hmm. that uh, I, I stopped looking. <laughs> yeah, me too. The only thing I found awesome. that it doesn't do is I can't look at the alt text in XKCD comics. Oh yeah, that was a bitch. Yeah. That was the only thing. But I mean, if that's the only thing, I mean, whatever. I'll mark we'll, it on we'll red. Figure it out. Later. Not really. Not. <laughs> We'll figure it out. You know, I'm not that concerned that, you know, Mr. Reader, though, is definitely. Uh, yeah, it's worth worth the cash. And the Chrome app update is, is nice. Yes. With, the, with The hidden bar at the top. Yes. And the, uh, it's just, again, it's like these yeah. apps just get better and better. A lot, a lot of apps seem now to have that kind of framework of, you know, share to Chrome, share to Google apps and working pretty good. Well, there is one other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about, even though we're kind of running a little close on time here. We're trying to cram one in just because there was some we hadn't talked in too long. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we've been having a bunch of fun with uh, with various Raspberry Pi applications around the house. I mean, we've been doing it for we've talked about it on here a couple of times, but it's been this constant source of fun messing Mm -hmm. with these things. 
And uh, I know there's a lot going on and a few things that we wanted to catch up on. Yeah. First of all, we've uh, kind of hit the limit of what an SD card can do with a Linux distro. (laughs) How to hose Um, an SD card 101. (laughs) Funny that um, an SD card doesn't like uh, fast access rights every day when it's updating, uh, you know, an e-build port uh, Gentoo uh, package tree. That's so good. And it kind of burned out some of the SD cards around. (laughs) So been migrating, uh, to external hard drives, which is actually not that much of a problem. Like I've got, I had the external USB plugged in for my tune box. Uh, your, your music player had the external hard drive in there. So that's an easy, uh, fix. I found a USB hub for my print box and, uh, just plugged in, a another USB stick. Uh, and, uh, for my development box, I found a, uh, an old IDE, uh, laptop 40 gig drive that I plugged into an external enclosure. Got nice. that going. And been doing some interesting stuff like, you know, offloading the, the most uh, frequently written files to uh, NSF, NF, NFS shares on my file server. That's the you know, part just, that I thought was badass, by the way. <laughs> what I thought was is when you're, you know, most people would look at this and say, wow, I really need to put a big ass drive on this. And, and what you do is look at it and say, huh, really all I need to do is boot here. Yeah, because the only, you know, the good thing about doing daily backups is you get a really good idea of what files change. Yeah. And it's a dozen files plus whatever the new packages are in the uh, Gentoo uh, package tree. Now, the package tree doesn't have to be on each individual system. So you just put it on the file server, set up an NFS share, and Done. mount it at boot. Done. <laughs> I'm like, like that's. That's a great idea. And the only time you ever use it is when you're, uh, when you're doing package updates. So it really doesn't matter how slow it is because you're only doing that, say, once every couple weeks. Or, I mean, that's, and even that's pretty excessive for us. It's because you so, like dicking with them, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> Honestly, I, I find that what makes these things so brilliant is that they can be so complex and yet so simple at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got. Well, I saw, well, it, they're just so expandable. Like I saw a Kickstarter the other day that there's somebody that's wanting to, be, to develop a cellular chip to dump on the top of it, <laughs> so that way you can have like cellular pies kicking around. It's amazing. Then you could stick in your car. Yeah. Well, there. I, I another. I, I've got uh, in my RSS reader the. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's like the Raspberry Pi. Um, rss feed like from the from their main site where uh-huh. they have all their news and there's you know how to get started with raspberry pi and carputers it's like I, perfect so what's cool about this too is that the explosion of these things in the availability of them and people making various uh add-ons and in utilities and both physical and and software wise for these what what makes it they're just so accessible now, you know, I mean, you, day one, you kind of had to be into it to play with it and get it to do what yeah. you wanted. Whereas now uh, you can very much find distributions for it to do certain things. Beyond mm-hmm. all of that, there's a lot of instructional material out there from a variety of people, everything from YouTube videos to big old, you know, web page tutorials on how to do all kinds of stuff with it. Uh, you found a, a great cheap case, and it still, I think, is one of the best cheap cases out there, a balance of cheap and good, you know. But uh, now there are a bunch of people making stuff for them. 
you know. Yeah, I saw somebody uh, built a uh, custom USB hub for the Raspberry Pi (laughs) where it back powers the Raspberry Pi from the USB uplink. Hell yes. Because they got uh, in the later versions of the Raspberry Pi, they got rid of the uh, the diodes that would have prevented it from being powered from the USB port. And they're like, well, screw that. Let's just power it off the USB hub, too. Worked yeah, it needs well. more ports anyway, you know? So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I found a, um, for, for those of uh, those listeners that have been, you know, wanting to get into this music server thing, there's a, a customized distribution of Linux called Raspify, R-A-S-P-Y-F-I.com. Uh, I haven't checked it out, but I have kind of browsed through the documentation. They're doing what we've been doing with MPD uh, Music Server, um, supporting a lot of external Wi-Fi cards and, uh, and uh, you know, USB, a uh, lot, uh, lot of external USB uh, digital audio converters, right. too, for people who have, like us, figured out that, Oh yeah, the built-in sound card of the Raspberry Pi isn't that good. <laughs> it's just, oops. Yeah, but you know, for twenty, thirty bucks, you can get a decent sound card that'll be Linux compatible. And uh, this is kind of like a here, download this image, you know, dump it onto a, a USB stick and a uh, and an SD card, and you're good to go. So there's there's a lot of people that are kind of, you know, we've we've I think we've passed out of the era of. Only the people that really are comfortable kicking around a Linux kernel can access these. And right. it's, it's actually to the point where, you know, if you want just a, a music server, you just download this, you know, buy a hard drive, buy a SD card and hook it into your network. And you're done. You've got, you know, it's using all the same apps that we were talking about. The, yeah. uh, the M pod uh, on the iPhone and that kind of stuff. It's just plug it in and it works. This is cool. You got you got to love this kind of crowdsourced um, programming community that that crops up around a project like this. It's a cool it's a cool kind of way of doing things. That's changed in the last few years. I mean, it used to be that you could kind of do this stuff if you really wanted to, but now now it's like it starts that way. It very quickly progresses to people figure it out. People write about what they figure out. People read each other's stuff and start combining the best stuff into distributions. And that makes it accessible to anybody mm-hmm. with a little bit of patience. You don't have to know anything. You just have to have a little bit of patience. Yep. No or if you're Google glutton it. for punishment like me, you'll keep doing your custom setup. Because <laughs> it's fun. Because it's fun. It's not a glutton for punishment. It's just fun. Oh, you don't, you don't know how much time I've spent recovering these things after their SD cards died. <laughs> Yeah, but but it I mean, was fun all the way, actually. Exactly. I mean, it's a matter of, you know, it's a matter of what you love doing. I, I mean, not let's let's just tie back to the beginning of the episode here. You know, like I said, it's what it's what the Wirecutter folks said about the iPhone Android uh, 2000, you know, iPhone iPhone Android 2013, late 2013 debate, you know, version. Now it just really comes down to. If you kind of like messing with things a bit, you know, this is an option. If you don't, then this is your option, you know, mm. and and that's it. We like messing with things, you know. <laughs> so I I am I have to admit that if you if you roll back five years, you had the Sonos, and that was it. Yep. I mean that was it. If you want, really was. I mean, you had Airport Express. Well, that well. even was kind of really mostly usable after. 
Sonos, you know? I, if right. I, and I think. I mean, I'd have to go back and check. But, uh, then, yeah, and then you had Airport Express, which was kind of like, well, you could sort of make it work, you know? And, and I did that for a while, and I'm not upset with it because I spent nothing on it, essentially, virtually nothing. And I got well, especially a lot of, for the value you did get out of it right. for the time that it would. I got a number of work. years of good use out of it. Uh, I spent a couple hundred bucks, and I got a number of years of good use out of it. I mean, compared to say, I don't know, twenty five hundred, three grand for a Sonos setup, right? <laughs> and yeah. uh, so, so you can't really argue with that. Now, this is becoming sort of the way of doing things, and uh, you know, I think as we refine it more and more, we're going to find ourselves in a position to really make use of it, and. Uh, I, I'm just really happy to see, too, that that this kind of magic isn't available. The idea of sharing your audio around the house isn't something that's only available for rich people. Well, yeah, I, I, I it's, you know? and it's it's based. The reason it's available, too, is based around this community that's that's given up on the idea that only the big people can make solutions like this. So yeah. It, you know, more and more. Well, I said. mean. In, in, in anything technology, it's kind of gravitating towards the, well, we don't have to use the big services. We can find a way of doing it ourselves and likely a lot cheaper and a lot, you know, you know depending on what you're doing, a lot more secure or a lot, lot more customized to what you want to do. You don't have to buy the all-in-one solution and just throw money at the problem. Right. You, you can start out with a single $25 Raspberry Pi. And go from there. Yeah, exactly. That's that's pretty damn sweet. I again, this is like this is what open source was meant to be. You know, for a while, it looked like open source became a way of saying corporate software around service instead of products. Mm. And and I don't think that's what open source was meant to be. It's a it's a use of it, but it's not the use of it. You know. Yeah. To me, this is what open source was meant to be. Here's here's a cool product that you can buy and it can do a lot of crap, but you're going to have to figure out how to do all that with it. And people like us and many other people smarter than us, right, look at it and say, wow, you know, if you plug X, Y, and Z together, <laughs> you you can make a cool piece. Of, you know, it'll be great. I should do that. And they do it and they write about it well, and they're on their blog and their buddies read it. And then next thing you know, somebody else says, you know, it might be better with this. And over time, you've got all that out there and, and it's just resources. Well, I think that's also important for, for innovation as well. Like you, you have to exercise those muscles. Uh, I mean, as, as a society, you have to, yes. you have to be able to dig in. You have to have that, uh, not the new Radio Shack, but the old Radio Shack mentality. Yes. Of, yes. I need a resistor to do this. Or, you know, I, I, you, know you, need, you need some group, subset of, of, of your community digging into the guts of something and figuring out how something works because that's really where – where the where the the good ideas start to pop you know yeah. if all of your if all of your intelligence is all contained within the box yeah that box won't ever get bigger yeah 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 i'm with you i'm with you the ideas and the and and the needs change faster than the corporate ability to provide them and open source allows a way for that to happen for people to bend and twist and take the best of everything else and, and, and then distribute it in a way that others can use it. Uh, and, and there's certainly ways to make money off of that if people want to. And, uh, there are, yeah, anyway, this, I, it makes me happy. I love seeing what the, you know, for, for a long time, there were products kind of like this that, that were, were sort of supposed to be open source magic, you know? 
And uh, this has really been, in my mind, one of the best. Because yeah. it really is useful, you know? Yeah, and, and, and as long as you have projects like this, you know, and there's always that debate of, oh, when is the open source Linux going to take over the world? It's not really going to ever take over the world, no. but it is going <laughs> to keep the world moving forward. And, you know, th- it's projects like these, you know, I've been... Uh, the other thing that I've been watching in that in that Raspberry Pi feed is, you know, here's a you know here's an underprivileged school that we dumped fifty Raspberry Pis in as desktop computers, right? And they work great for you know getting online, being able to use Google search to find stuff, and you know being able to have email and communicate and and that kind of thing. So, you know, it, it's yeah, yeah. This is where the future is, is in, in, in proje- proje- projects like this that, you know, make the world better. I agree. And on that note, uh, I think we should wrap up because that was very well said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have anything to add here at the end? No, nah, that's about it. <laughs> I've done my soapboxing for the day. <laughs> Hell yes. Well, all right. We'll see you again relatively soon, I think, because... Uh, yeah. Because yeah. this was fun. It was, and things are getting better. So, all right. Well, uh, we'll see you soon. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum, galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.